Welcome to the Road to Life Church podcast. Here with our pastor, Mike Shepline, you will be inspired through the Word of God. For more information, please visit roadtolifechurch.com. Um, teach on some, I'm going to teach on something today, and the title of it, they'll throw it up on the screen, is better, faster, easier, and more comfortable. How many of you like fast, easy, and comfortable? Okay, look, this is not trick. Okay, how many of you know we Americans like it fast, easy, and comfortable? And how many of you know, how many of you believe that God has better in it in a specific area in your life right now then maybe you're in maybe i think all of us have room to improve it says in psalms that god satisfies the longing soul with good things that god satisfies the longing soul throughout the bible god's people would have needs and then um, if they would seek him in that place of need within their life what we see is that God would speak to them and he would give them a promise about they had a need in area. He would give them a promise in that area. And, and what I love about it is that his promise would always be in hope. It would give them hope. It would give them help in that spot. But what we see is that if they had a mindset of fast, easy, and comfortable when they were believing God for their better is one of two things would generally really happen. First, they usually quit before the promise ever came to pass because they would get disillusioned, they would get discouraged, and they thought it was going to be faster, they thought it was going to be easier, they thought it was going to be um, more comfortable than they experienced. Or the next thing would happen is that God would work the mindset out of them through a process, and he would grow them as they're moving toward, he's moving them toward meeting that need. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm, I like, when I'm asking God for better in my life, I'm just going to be super honest. I like it fast, easy, and comfortable. How many of you are with me on that? I'm an American, okay? I like it fast, I like it easy, and I like, I like it comfortable. But it rarely, it rarely does better happen in our life that way where it is fast, it's easy, and it's comfortable. In reality, God says he wants us to sign up and understand. God gives promises that literally cover every area of our lives that are way better than anything you or I have ever experienced in our, in our lives. I mean, if you really stop and think about it, the new birth. The new birth is the, is the most incredible promise, and it was fast, it, was, it cost you your life, and, but it was just like, Lord, I'm coming after you with, with all that I am. And I have found that there's a difference between the American biblical view and the world biblical view when it comes to God's better in my life. And I will even venture to say this, it really took me getting outside of America to realize, oh my gosh, God is not American. How many of you know what I'm saying? It took, it took me kind of getting outside of it and being like, oh my gosh, fast, easy, and comfortable belief system has a culture war with God's kingdom culture. It has a culture war. And let me tell you this, God's culture will always win out over the world's culture around us. It will always, it, we've all bought into, you know, if you stop and think about it, 
is we've bought something in our life before. How many of you, uh, when you think about like dinner, you've ever gone to the store and bought something frozen based on a picture on the package and you got home and you opened it up and said, they lied to me. How many of you are with me on that? I just happened. What's, what is the number one frozen thing that we get? Come on right here. This is, this is, now you look. And I said to my wife, I said, baby, I want to get to her at Costco. I said, I want to look at these pizzas. She, she takes me over. What does this say right here? She takes me over to the cauliflower crust and says, we can get that one. And I'm like, baby. I, and then the next thing I looked at, I said, it has no meat. It has no meat. Pizza is worthless without meat. Let me just tell you that. How many, you know what I'm saying? And so, she, and so what it is, is I look at the box and I, and I said, okay, I'll get it. I'll be a well-trained husband. How many of you know what I'm saying? And so we, so I get home and I open it up and I pull it out. That looks nothing like this. That looks nothing like this. Let me tell you, this is the way it is with God. Is that God gives us a promise of better. We look at the box and we say, oh my gosh, yes. And then what happens is, is as he takes us down the journey, we pull it out. And let me tell you, what's wrong with this pizza is it needs fixed. It needs doctored. So we take this pizza home, and I'm like, we need some olives on that, baby. We need some mushrooms. We need some pepperoni. We need some ham. How many of you are with me on that? We need to dress it up. And what happens is, is God takes this, and he makes this better than we could ever imagine. But a lot of us, he get, we got a picture in our mind of this. And when it comes out of the box, we look and we say, this isn't going the way that I thought it should go. And so we quit on it, not allowing God to put the ingredients on the inside of us that make it on here, that make it better than we ever thought. Are you with me? How many of you, I made you like super hungry with my cauliflower pizza? Nobody, honey, look around. They will not eat your pizza. <laughs> Nobody wants it. I'm just, just inside track. It's pretty good. But you do got to throw a lot of stuff on it. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like you got you to put a lot of stuff on it. I believe we've done this with God in our lives. Where God gives us a promise of better. And we're looking and we're saying, oh my gosh, okay, God, it's better. But subconsciously, due to our feely, superficial culture that we live in, we think that it should be fast, we think that it should be easy, and we think that it should be comfortable. And we go to God and we're like, God, I'm wanting fast, easy. And, the, and see, this is a temptation that every one of us face every day. I'm going to tell you this. You can be a church. 
you can, have, you can have your quiet time with God and God will speak to you in an area of your life and put hope on the inside. But immediately, if we don't watch it, we transpose this box on the outside that says it's gonna be fast, it's gonna be easy, and it's gonna be comfortable. It's a temptation. And we must ask ourselves, do I see God's better as fast, easy, and comfortable, or do I see God's better as slower and I'm going to apply myself and there are going to be times that it even goes against what I feel like doing, but God, I'm going to stick with you. Lord, I'm going to stick with what you say. You know, you think about it, is it when you look at it, is me personally, I wished that I could change as quick as I want to change. I wish I see an area and I'm like, hey, Lord, I want to grow there. How many of you know, pray over yourself? You know what I'm saying? Lord, I want to grow there. And it's like, but it, it takes time. It's a progression with, within our life. And I believe that due to the tendency of our flesh and the barrage of marketing today, marketing is such a liar, such a liar. Taco Bell, they would have you believe that if you ate their meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you would look like Mr. Universe. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's like, and what we've done is we bring that over into our relationship with God where we develop a mindset that God's better. It should be fast, it should be easy, and it should be comfortable. And if it's not, something's wrong, and we get disillusioned with it. And God is saying, excuse me, the problem is not me, but the problem is your personal culture that you have adopted due to the culture that you live in. And you think something better is easy. You think something better is fast. You think something better is comfortable. But with God, what we're going to see is God is into growing our life. And many times the way that he gets our attention to grow is we have a need and we're open to him when we have a need. But if we don't have a need, we're not open to him. And so God grows us in those seasons of our life. Are you with me today? I want to read a scripture in Matthew. This is Jesus. 7, 13, and 14. And Jesus is talking about heaven and God's kingdom and God's best. In verse 13, Jesus said this. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad, and look at this, and easy to travel is the path that leads way to destruction and eternal loss. And there are many who enter through it. But the small gate is, but the but the but small is the gate, and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads the way to everlasting life, and few are those who find it. Jesus said that the way up, that the way into God's best, it has pressure. I like the amplified translate. The classic translation says this. It says narrow and constricted by pressure is the way that leads to life. It's narrow and it's constricted by pressure. I, I think that, that you look at this and what Jesus is basically saying is he's saying people want fast, easy, and comfortable and because of it, they're missing my best for their life. They're not experiencing my best for their life. I think we as Americans, I'm gonna be very honest with you, I believe we have a wrong view of Adam and Eve in the garden. I really do. 
not because of my opinion, but what I study in the Bible. You know, you, you look at Adam and Eve, and a lot of times we just got this view of they just ran around naked in the garden. They're just running around naked and just picking fruit and just being like, oh my gosh, this is just incredible. And Adam's like, yeah, baby, come on. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 I mean, we just got this, we got this, we have this view of Adam and Eve. And I want to just read in Genesis 1, verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Notice on our image, and to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Notice the statement here. We're made in his image and to be like him. If you look this word up, image, it means a likeness or a semblance. If you want to know what God looks like, we were made in his image a likeness and a semblance. But then if you look at the next one where he said to be like him, it means to be like, to imagine, and to think. When God created us, he created us to look like him and think like him. He created us and he gave us the capacity to think like him. You say, well, what's God like? Well, we know God is love. Are you with me? We know that God is compassionate, God is merciful, God is, God is forgiving, God is giving. We also know we clearly, he reigns. I mean, we could just go on about all these incredible attributes, but what I want you to remember is Genesis chapter 2, right after the creation of Adam, gives us a quick recap of creation, and I want us to just look at an attribute that Adam saw in God that I believe we don't see, or we don't, because of our culture, we don't embrace. Look at what it says in Genesis 2, verse 1 through verse 3. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. Verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Notice the statement there that three times it says in creation that God worked. It describes God as working. If you look at this, is it says that we were created, if you, and if you actually look at the word right here, this word work is the Hebrew word malak. Everybody say malak. Nudge your person next to you and say malak. You got to look at them. You're not looking. Oh, wait, you don't have mass. Never mind, just look straight ahead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's the Hebrew word malak. In this word, this is what the word means. It means an occupation. It means to work. It means something done or made. It means workmanship, service, or use. Remember that we're made in the image of God, so we're made in the semblance of what God looks like, but then he said that we were made like him, and the first thing we read that he is like is that God worked in creation. Do you know that this same Hebrew word for work is used 167 times in the Old Testament? 
In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, it says this, do you see a, a person skillful and experienced in their work? That word work is malak. He will stand or they will stand before kings and will not stand before obscure men. Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your malak or your work outside and get it ready for yourself in the field. Afterward, build your house and establish your home. What I want you to notice is we see God using the word malak about himself and then we see him using the same word in and over our life over and over again. In the book of Exodus, it's used 33 times in connection with God gifting his people to do some type of a skill in building the tabernacle, whether it was a stone carver or a metal worker or somebody who worked with fabric. You see God using the same word describing gifting people in their work to build the tabernacle. In Nehemiah, this same word is used 22 times where God is speaking to describe those that are working on rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. What I want you to notice is look at God prior to man being created before verse 26 it starts with the first day God did this and it says and he saw that it was good and then he rested and then the second day it says that God did this and he saw that it was good and he rested and then the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day realize this we were created in his image and to be like him and when you think about it God created us to draw satisfaction from applying ourselves and overcoming in challenging situations. He created us that way. And then whenever we're saying, God, I want better in my life, we're in a challenging situation. We're in an overcoming situation. We're in something that we don't like. And what God is saying is I created you in my image. You look like me and I created you in my likeness. I want you to begin to think like me. And what you have got to realize is my better isn't going to come as fast and easy or as comfortable as you want. There will be times it does, but when it doesn't, don't quit. I'm a good God. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some stuff on your pizza that you never saw coming and it's going to be better than you ever imagined. Are you with me today? I know talking about pizza, some of us are like, you're making me hungry. <laughs> Genesis 2.15. I'm sorry, I get excited. Should I just be more laid back? <laughs> Genesis 2.15. And the Lord God took man, this is after creation, and put him in the Garden of Eden. Now look at this. To tend and guard and keep it. That sounds like Malak, does it not? That sounds like Malak. This is God's original design. Do you know that when Satan tempted Jesus, this is where he tempted him. He said, you know what? You don't have to do it God's way. You don't have to go through the cross. You can do it the quick, easy, fast way that's comfortable. Just bow down and worship me. And I'll give you everything that God promised you. You can do it the quick way. I believe today God has better for every one of our lives. He promises us better. He has a plan for better. But we have got to resist the mindset 
of the American culture that tells us that better should be easy, it should be fast, and it should be comfortable. We must resist it. Because if we don't resist it, we get disillusioned. And, we, and what happens is we're like, God, what's going on? God is like, you're in a culture war right now. You're in a culture war. God's better for our life. He's like, I've got better, but you were created in my image and to be like me. And when you like me, there's no greater satisfaction than being able to accomplish something, surrender to the Lord, that is better than you could ever imagine in your life. There's no greater satisfaction. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says this. It says, there is a way which seems right to a person and appears straight before them, but in the end, it's the way of death. Look at that statement. There's a way that, oh, this just seems right. I like the Passion Translation says it like this. You can rationalize it all you want and justify your path of error you have chosen, but you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. But if you look at verse 12, God says there's a way that seems right to a person. You know, in America today, there's a lot of things that seems right, but I want to give you just, if I could call it, three foundation stones that God's better is built on in my life. The first one is this, who gets to define right in my life? Who gets to define it? Am I, because he said in verse 12, there's going to be a way that seems right. I can, he said, that seems right. But where it ends up is not where you want to be. It's not where you want to be. We must see that the lordship of Jesus is not a one-time decision that I made six months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago. But the lordship of Jesus, realize this, is the decisions that I'm making every day in my life. That's what it is. It's my decision that says, God, I believe in your better. And even though it's maybe not as fast, it's not as easy, and it's not as comfortable, my decisions of lordship reveals that I trust you. I know that we're in church right now, but I'm just going to throw this out right now. Maybe you're sitting here and you're saying to yourself, or maybe you're online and you're watching online, and you're just saying, hey, I just want my marriage to go better. Let me tell you this. God has a plan, and he's given promises, but it is not going to be as fast, easy, and comfortable for it to get better. God is not, I dream of genie. Doot. How many of you know what I'm saying? He works within and he grows us on the inside. And I believe that we have been lied to to believe that better is fast, easy, and comfortable. And it's my right and I'm entitled to it. And if it's not fast, easy, and comfortable, then there's something wrong with it. You know, it, it says in Proverbs, there's a passage that talks about raising children. And it says, it's better to bring a child up with a burden in their youth than to wait longer. What is he saying? He's saying, bring them up in a work ethic so that when they get old, it's not something that is foreign to them. And what we've got to realize is God we must renew our mind or we'll live disillusioned and striving for a life that isn't real. 
will live. Oh God, you promise this. Oh God, you promise that. And I am not saying that there won't be seasons that are better and that are fast and comfortable. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this, is when you stop and you look about, what am I going to do is equally just as there's going to be seasons that are easy or easier than I thought, there's going to be seasons that are harder than I thought. And maybe they're more difficult than I thought they were going to be. And what I've got to realize is I've got to just stop and say, these are just seasons and what they're going to do is they're going to mold my faith and they're going to set my path for the next season of my life. That's what they're going to do. Philippians 4 verse 12 and 13 says, I know what it means. This is Paul talking about himself. He said, I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. I'm just going to stop right there. Two lines, which one do you want? <laughs> I'll take the overwhelming abundance. Or that's what. But look at what he said. For I am trained in, now look at this, the secret. In other words, it's not readily available. People don't know about it. The secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. I can do it, Lord. You're with me. Number two is this. If I want God's better, I must embrace his view of how it happens. I've got to find, okay, I got a promise. Now you need to embrace his view of how it happens, how it's going to happen. I'm not saying be a stick in the mud, no, my gosh. No, I'm saying embrace his view. And, and when you think about it is I don't earn it in my life, but I apply his word to my life, which begins to change my life from the inside out. It begins to change my life. Look at the, the, or the statement that I said, I must embrace his view. What is your view? That's your perception. That's, that's your perception, the way that I see things. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 34 and verse 35. He said, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your whole body. When your eye is healthy or your organ of perception or the way that you perceive is healthy, your whole body will be filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body will be filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is, is not actually darkness. See, Jesus came to bring restoration between us and God and to reveal God's ways so that we don't get stuck he, re, he gives us promises in our life. And I wish, as I said earlier, that I could just change quicker. This could change quicker. But what I have realized in my life is that my culture of upbringing in America, in many times it goes against God's culture of growing strong and growing healthy. I have a lot of good friends around the world, but one good friend, he lives in Uganda. And his name is, I call him, I just call him Mumu. You say, why do you call him Moon? Well, his first name's Robert, but his last name is like Muhu Muhu Muza. How many? And I'm like, okay, how about Moo Moo? How many of you? And he laughs and he's like, yeah, that's okay. But I was, I was at, and I've, I've known Robert for, I don't know, probably close to 20 years and been to his country many times and he's been here. And I remember asking him, this was probably 10 years ago. I said, Robert, 
what is the biggest difference between Christians in Uganda and Christians in America? And he looked at me, and he, he's, he just, he has, he's kind of comical. Oh, he's, and he says, well, and he thought for a minute, and he said this. He said, the Christians in America have so many options. I said, what do you mean, options? We have so many options. He told me the first time that he came to America, he went into one of our grocery stores and walked down the cereal aisle and fell on his knees and started to cry. Because he said, and this is what he said, this must be what heaven is like. In his grocery store, it's half the size of this sanctuary, and they have one cereal. Like it or leave it. But they get one cereal. He's like, we got five different Captain Crunches. How many of you know what I'm saying? And then he said this. He said, in America, the way that I noticed this in America, he said, you have so many options. He said, if we want to build something in our country, he said, we pray and ask God. And if God doesn't provide the money, we have to just stay there and continue to pray. He said, in America, he said, you guys pray and ask God, and then you pull out your credit card or you go to the bank and get the money to build it. And we, and we chuckled a little bit because he said, and some people in America, he said, they can't afford where they're at. And they go to their mailbox and there's a credit card application with pre-approved $5,000. And they say, praise the Lord. God has given me my $5,000 to build this. And I looked, I said, that's not God. How many of you I said that's not, but he said that, that what it is, is that God is always developing us when we're believing him for our better. He's developing us in our life. The last one, number three, is this. Is God's better isn't a self-help program. It's a relationship that totally transforms my life. I'm gonna say that again. God's, when you think about God, his better in our life, it is not a self-help program. It is not, that's our world system. It's a relationship that totally transforms my life. See, we can have a list mentality. God, give me a list. And I'm just going to be straightforward with you. There's nothing wrong with lists. I love lists. I love goals. I love objectives. I love all of that. But realize this. But the list is never first. The relationship is first. The list is never the priority, the relationship. It's the relationship that gives me the desire and the ability to do the list in a life-giving way in my life. But if the relationship isn't there, then the list is just an empty criteria of this is what I need to get done. Better first comes out of closeness with God. And second, it comes, yes, we've got a destination. A lot of us, we get destination disease where we're not enjoying where we're at with God and we're so consumed on where we want to go. Life isn't the destination. Life is the journey with God in getting there. And what happens is, is when we see his better, he's equipping us, developing us, perfecting us, maturing us, pulling the junk out that will kill us, taking the anchovies off our pizza so that when we get it, it's good. How many of you know what I'm saying? Look at what it says in 
Psalms 84, verse 10. For just one day of intimacy before you is like a thousand years of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in front of Gate Beautiful, ready to go in and worship my God, than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. See, the relationship motivates me to the better. It's my relationship with him that sustains me and it breathes optimism in my soul when things don't go the way that I've planned. It's the relationship that keeps my heart right when I feel like life has not gone the way that I think it should go. It's the relationship that keeps me grounded when things begin to go better than I thought or I'm doing better than I ever imagined. The relationship causes me to say, God, it's all because of your goodness. You and I were created for a relationship with God first and that's what makes everything else healthy. In America, we think if I could just get this better, I'll be healthy. No, you won't. You'll be exactly the same. But in the pursuit of that better, and you sing, okay, God, if it doesn't go fast, if it doesn't, not as easy, Lord, if it's not as comfortable, what I know is you satisfy my soul. You are over my life. You are directing my steps. And if I got to go through hell, so be it. I'll go through hell, but I refuse to build a condo and stay in hell because you're a good God and you'll get me out of that mess. Amen. Can I just share an honest story with you guys? And this is kind of closing, land in the plane. A couple years ago, maybe three years ago, I was discouraged. I was in a hard spot. And I was, discour I was discouraged. Maybe even a little bit like depressed, not depressed, but I was discouraged. And I'd go to God in prayer and I'd just be like, Lord. And he wasn't saying nothing to me. He wasn't saying anything. And I was like, Lord, I just need you. And what I found out was I was just so full of what I didn't like that I couldn't hear what he was speaking. And so I, what I did is I just had to stop and say, okay, Lord, I'm just gonna have a time of worship and I'm just gonna push into you, forget about all that. And the Lord spoke to me in that spot and he said this to me. He said, you're in a better place then you can even imagine everything's going, and these were his words, just as planned. I'm like, what? How many of you are with me on that? I'm like, what? He's like, oh yeah. He said, everything is going just as I plan. I want you to trust me. Oh, isn't that hard on us? When things don't go how we plan, can I trust God? And so I just stopped and said, took me I think it probably took me a few hours. And I just said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And as soon as I rested in trust, his peace came over my life. And sure enough, I look back now, and I look, and I was like, oh, my gosh. God, you were involved in all of that. And you were actually saving me and working and doing things that I couldn't even see. But I trusted in your better. And I wonder today how many of us, you've heard the promises, but it has not gone as fast. 
it has not been as easy and it has not been as comfortable as you've thought. And you've been thinking it's God. You've been thinking maybe it's your, you know, you, you picked up the promise wrong. You got your wires crossed and that promise wasn't for me. And I'm here to tell you today, God is saying to you, that promise is for you. And the problem isn't the promise. The problem is your view of how the promise is going to come to pass. And God is saying, I need you today to adjust my, your view. I need you today to just stop and just say, okay, God, I am going to settle on, Lord, I would like it fast, easy, and comfortable. But, Lord, if it is slower and if it requires more of me than I thought, and, Lord, if it causes me to challenge my feelings to follow you, I'm up for that. Are you with me? I believe today. God is reaching into every one of our lives. You know, when you think about Jesus in the garden, when he was in the garden, and you remember the Mount of Olives, and he said, I don't want to go through this, God. You remember that? He said, God, I don't want to go through this, but not my will, your will be done. Some of us right now, we've been saying, God, I don't, it's not a sin to say, I don't want to go through it. Are you with me? Because Jesus never sinned. Not a sin to say, Lord, I just do not feel in that. You got another line I can get in. Is there any other way to get there? But not my will, Lord, but your will be done. <laughs>